Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, dear brothers and sisters. God bless you. We are blessed to be able to read the Word of God together, and we are going to continue in this ministry meeting to study together the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is one of the most beautiful books which was written for our benefit, especially concerning the plan and the program that God has for Israel and for the people of this world. It is fascinating to see that the many, many details that we receive by the Spirit of God who used Daniel to put in the canon of Scripture the Word of the Lord. We read in the scriptures that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so we arrive to Daniel chapter 9 and I would like you please to turn to Daniel chapter 9 and there in this ninth chapter in the first 19 verses we read of Daniel's prayer for Israel's restoration. Daniel is anticipating the promise of God to restore the Jewish people back to the promised land, to restore the people of Israel back to the land of Israel. And so Daniel is now um, assuming that the time has arrived for God to begin his restoration of the people of Israel back to the land of Canaan. And so let me read these 19 verses, beloved brothers and sisters, and let us uh, please uh, see what the Lord is teaching us here in these 19 verses. And so we read in verse 1, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned, and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, 
and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. He continue in verse 6, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces. As at this day, to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespasses, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of faith, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil, for under the whole heaven has not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore has the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and has gotten the renown as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. 
Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplication, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolation and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, we have read together the first 19 verses of the book of Daniel, the ninth chapter of the prophecy of Daniel. This is a very important chapter because in this ninth chapter, we not only hear the prayer of Daniel on behalf of his own people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, but also we see in this ninth chapter that God, through his servants, the angel, give Daniel the prophetic word of the seventy sevens of years, the 490 years in which through these years God will ultimately restore the Jewish people not only to the land, but restore them ultimately in the future day when Israel will be restored and ultimately he will bring Israel back to himself and establish because of the Messiah that will come, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who will come at his second coming, that ultimately God will bring about the promised messianic kingdom, a blessing will flow to this world in which we live in. But we live today in this present day of the church age. To remind you that when Daniel was carried away to Babylon, and the Jewish people lost the privilege of being in the city of Yerushalayim and enjoying the worship at the temple at Beit HaMikdash in the city of Jerusalem, at that time was 605 B.C. In other words, Daniel was carried first, 605 B.C., then the Ezekiel with other thousands were carried away to Babylon, at 597 B.C., and the third time when Nebuchadnezzar came with his military was 586 B.C., and the temple was destroyed, and the walls of Jerusalem were burned and destroyed, and the Jewish people were now away from the land of their forefathers. Though some remain there, the poor and the needy have remained there. But beloved brothers and sisters, when we arrive here to Daniel chapter 9, we arrive to the year of 539 B.C. 
539 B.C., that takes us for some years since Daniel was carried away to Babylon. Him and his Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael and other Jewish people were carried to Babylon at the first time. Some from 605 to 539 B.C., there remain not too many years, about 67 years have passed by. And soon, Daniel is anticipating the restoration of his own people back to the promised land. Why? Because God have declared that the Jewish people, the people of Israel, will be taken captive by the Babylonian, and they will be away from the land of their fathers for 70 years, and then they will be restored to the land of Israel. And so, notice that, beloved brothers and sisters, in the first two verses of Daniel chapter 9, we see that it was in the first year of Darius, the king of the Medes. Listen to verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Achashverosh, of the seed of the Medes, which was made, notice he was made king, over the realm of the Chaldean, He was made, in other words, King Cyrus, the Persian, made Darius a king over the province of Babylon. To remind you that it is important to understand, Daniel is not written in a chronological order. The first four chapters would follow one after the other. And then chapter 7. And then chapter 8, which we have already covered. In fact, we also covered chapter 5, but the fifth chapter would be fitting right here between chapter 8 and chapter 9. And what happened in the fifth chapter? We read of Belshazzar's feast and the ultimate conquest of Babylon by the Medo-Persian. If you remember, we have already read in Daniel uh, chapter 5 and verse 30, that was 539 B.C., in that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And then we read in the last verse of chapter 5, and Darius the Medes took or received the kingdom being about 62 years of age. So Darius the Mede received the kingdom, the province of Babylon, to rule over the province of Babylon when King Cyrus was really the king over the Medes and the Persian Empire. So by the time we have concluded with chapter 5, then we have the sixth chapter is where Darius began to be the king over the province of Babylon under the Medo-Persian Empire. So now when we arrive to our ninth chapter, it still takes us, in a sense, back because now we are in the first year of Darius. You notice here we have arrived to a time in which the, the empire of Babylon entered 
and the Medo-Persian Empire had begun, 539 BC. So that was the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which he was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Well, now we notice now, in the second verse, we at the same time, 539 BC, it says in the first year, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of Jehovah came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So, at 539 BC, when Darius first year of becoming a king over the province of Babylon under the Medo-Persian Empire, Daniel at the same time received, notice that he received information from the Lord as he was reading the Hebrew Scriptures, that uh, there will be 70 years that are drawing nigh to their end, since the time that he was carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. And so he was reading, he understood by books, the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Well, to remind you, since the time that Nebuchadnezzar took Daniel and his Many of other Jewish people, including Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, since that time, since 605, now 67 years have passed by, and Daniel is a man of God who have had apparently with him some copies of the Hebrew Scriptures, whatever amount of Scripture that was already available, whatever scrolls of the Torah and of the some of the prophets were available to him when they were carried away to Babel in the Galut, in the Diaspora, in the Dispersion, they took copies of the Hebrew Scriptures with them. And Daniel, as a, as a man of God, was on an ongoing basis, pouring out his heart as he was reading the Torah, as he was reading some of the prophetic word that he found in the then-written Word of God that was available for him and for other Jewish people to read. So notice, I, Daniel, understood by books and that the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of the city of Yerushalayim. Well, God promised that the Jewish people will be carried to Babylon for 70 years. And he mentioned that through the prophet Jeremiah to the people of Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 25, we do read in verse, I'll read verse 8. Therefore thus says the Lord, the Lord of hosts, because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land. And against the inhabitants thereof, and against all these nations round about, and I will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, and hissing, and a perpetual desolation. 
Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstone and the light of the candle. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished, God is saying through Jeremiah to the people of Israel, when the 70 years are accomplished, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, says the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it a perpetual desolation. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounce against it even all that is written in this book which jeremiah has prophesied against all the nation for many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also and i will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands and listen to this in verse 15 of jeremiah chapter 25 for thus says the lord god of israel unto me take the wine cup of this fury at my hand and cause all the nations to whom i send it to drink it in other words god promised that he would judge the nations that came against Israel, but verses 11 and 12 of Jeremiah chapter 25, God promised that when the 70 years will come to an end, He will restore the people of Israel back to the land. Later on, in the same book of Jeremiah in chapter 29, He continued to promise in verse 10, for thus says the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good words towards you in causing you to return to this place. Amazing. The promise of God. For I know the thought that I think towards you, God said to Israel. Thoughts of peace, shalom, and not of evil, to give you an expected end. In other words, God promised that though He will judge His people, the Jewish people, He will restore them back to the land because He has thoughts of blessing for the nation of Israel and ultimately He is intending to bless the whole world through the people of Israel in the future day. Well, Daniel, now after 67 years, away from the land. Jerusalem is destroyed. The walls are broken down. The temple is burnt with fire. The vessels from the temple in Yerushalayim were taken by the Babylonian to the land of Shinar. And here Daniel, after so many years, in 539 BC, waiting and anticipating the time in which God will finally restore his people, the people of Israel. And so notice that what Daniel does here in this ninth chapter, in verses 3 all the way to verse 19, Daniel is now praying unto the Lord on behalf of his nation, his people of Israel. And I want you to notice, beloved brothers and sisters, 
that in this ninth chapter, and only in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, the word Lord, or the name of God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Jehovah, is mentioned more than once in this ninth chapter. And why it is mentioned here, beloved brothers and sisters, why? Because God is the covenant-keeping God of Israel. In Genesis and Exodus, and later on after he chose Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and allowed the people of Israel to go to the land of Egypt to become slaves in the land of Egypt, God had promised to redeem his people Israel. He made covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And now he's going to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt and to redeem them. And he made a promise. And you remember what Moses asked the Lord in Exodus chapter 3. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. They shall say to me, What is his name? What shall we say? What shall I say unto them? Moshe asked the Lord. And notice what God said to Moses to say to the people of Israel. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said thus, Shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. He doesn't stop here. After he said, asher I am that I am, or more correctly, I will be to you that which I will be. In verse 15 he continues and he says, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus Shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Jehovah, hear the word capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, in the Hebrew it is simply Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generation. In other words, God is a God who made covenant, who made promises, and He promised that He will deliver the people of Israel and bring them unto Himself, and He will ultimately fulfill all the promises that He made to Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. In Exodus 3 and verse 16 we read, Go and gather the elders of Israel together, and say unto them, Jehovah, Jehovah, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which is done unto you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto a land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is the God of covenant, the God of Israel, Jehovah, the one who would keep the covenant with his own people. And so Daniel 
already nearly 70 years in Babel. He realized that the 70 years are just about to end. As he read in the prophet Jeremiah, and he read according to verse 2 in by books. Apparently there were other books like Isaiah and other books which he was reading. The Torah in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And the books that were available for Daniel to read as a man of God. He was reading in the word of the Lord. That the promises of God would come to pass And Daniel take this time to cry to the Lord and confess in prayer the sins of his people, his own sins and the sins of his people. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, from verses 3 to verse 19, Daniel prays to Jehovah on behalf of his people, the people of Israel. And so in verses 3 to 14, Daniel confessed his sin and Israel's sins. And then in verse 15 to 19, Daniel beseech the Lord to hear his prayer and to forgive his people, the people of Israel. What a man this Daniel was. What a tremendous lesson we learn that Daniel cared for the welfare of his people. What a lesson. All of us who are today believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, we also have to have care both for the church, the ecclesia, the assembly, but also for the people of Israel, for the Jewish people. That's why the Apostle Paul, who was the Apostle to the Gentile world, to the nations of the world, when he was preaching the gospel and he was leading many to come to know the Lord Yeshua the Messiah and to become part of the assembly, the ecclesia, he never for a moment forgot to pray for his people just like Daniel have done so in his day. To remind us of what Paul said in Romans 9 verse 1, I say the truth in Messiah, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Mashiach, from Christ, from Messiah, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Amazing. And then he continues and he says, Who are Israelis? to whom pertaining the adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as according to the flesh, the Messiah came, who is overall God, blessed forever. Amen. So Shaul Paul had a burden for his people Israel. And you can see that Daniel has a burden for the Jewish people as well. Daniel in his days... Shaul Paul in his days, and Paul had a burden for the people of God, for the church, for the assembly. He was constantly praying for the people of God. What a lesson, beloved brothers and sisters, you and I can learn from the apostle Shaul Paul and from the prophet Daniel. In Romans 10 and verse 1, Paul continued to say, To the brethren in the city of Rome, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel 
is that they might be saved. He longed for the redemption and the restoration of Israel to God while he was preaching the message of the gospel to the Gentile world that many, through his service, came to know Yeshua the Messiah and became part of the ecclesia, the assembly during these days of the church age. Well, back to Daniel chapter 9 and verses 3 to 14, we hear and we read of Daniel's confession of his own and Israel's sins. Notice what we read in verse 3, Daniel set his face towards his God in prayer. And we read, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel prepared his heart, but he also outwardly, what did he do? He fasted. He denied himself of necessary food because he was so burdened with the desire that that God will restore Israel back to the city of Jerusalem and to the land of Israel. He put upon himself sackcloth, he put upon himself ashes, and he began by prayer, notice the word for prayer and supplication. Amazing, this expression here in these words in Hebrew, tachnunim, tfilave tachnunim. He was really beseeching, begging God on behalf of the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And so he sought God by prayer and supplication, but he outwardly have really identified with the burden in his heart by fasting, avoiding eating food that is necessary for him to be sustained, putting sackcloth and ashes. And you notice what he continued to say now in verse 4, And I prayed unto the Lord. Again, the word Lord here in verse 4, as it is in verse 2, is the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is none else but the word Yehovah, Jehovah. And it is speaking to the covenant-keeping God of Israel. And so Daniel here, only here in chapter 9, addressing covenant-keeping God of Israel, dressing himself unto Jehovah, and he called him, My God! My God, even though Daniel was now in Babylon, and oftentimes you read in these books of Daniel, Hananiah, Daniel, Nehemiah, and Ezra, the God of heaven, but that God of heaven is no other God but the God of Daniel, the God of Israel. So he said, I pray unto the Lord, my God. And notice what we read in verse 4, how Daniel addressed his Lord, and notice what he is addressing him, the way he addresses him. And notice he said, he said that I made confession and said, in other words, he confessed, he confessed the sins of the nation of Israel and his own sin, of course, even though we don't read in any particular way Daniel's sins in the book of Daniel. But obviously he was a sinner, like all have sinned, but he identified with the sins of his own brethren, of his own people. So I made confession, and I said, notice, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping, notice, keeping the covenant 
and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Know that how he is addressing God as the great and dreadful God. He is addressing God as a God who is a God of mercy. He is addressing God as a God who keeping covenant. And he is addressing God as a God that is indeed is responding to them that love him and keep his commandments. Now remember, beloved brothers and sisters, Israel did not keep God's commandment. That's why they were in Babylon. That's why they were carried away. They were judged by God. But Daniel addressed God as a God who is great, dreadful, keeping covenant, yet merciful, and responding to those that love Him. Do you love the Lord? You remember what we read, beloved brothers and sisters, in the New Covenant, in the Brit HaChadashah, obeying the covenant of the Lord and obeying the word of the Lord is the request that had been given to God's people in every dispensation. God's word remained the same. God's people are called to obey the Lord and to submit to His authority. And this is a principle that we all learn that in every dispensation, in every period of time in human history, God demanded from people to obey His word. How did sin came into the world? Because Adam disobeyed God's word when he was in the Garden of Delight, in Gan Eden. And if you remember, it was the very same request that the Lord Yeshua the Messiah requested from His disciples. In John chapter 14, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 15, If ye love me, keep my commandment, the Lord Yeshua said to his own disciples. In verse 21, He that has my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that love me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. In other words, Proof that we love God is obedience to His Word. In verse 23 of John chapter 14, the Lord specifically expressed the importance, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Earlier in verse 21, He said, He that has my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that love me. So, Commandments are given to men in every generation by the living God. And the response to the commandments of the Lord should come out of a heart that loved the Lord. That's why Daniel in verse 4, he said in his prayer, when he addressed God as great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him, and to them that keep his commandments. Israel was called to keep God's commandment in their generation. The church, the assembly, is called to keep God's commandment in this generation. Even though we don't live under the what is known to be under law, but because we live during this present day of grace, that does not mean that God's people are called to be lawless. We are still to be obedience to God's word. 
We don't need to offer sacrifices. We don't need to be dressed in one way or another in a sense of certain specific clothes. We don't have any more to go to a certain temple and, and keep various rituals. But we are still called to submit to the word of the Lord. And oftentimes we fail in this. And that's why we don't enjoy the fellowship that God desires us to enjoy with Him. And here we can see Daniel in his days. When God disciplined our Jewish people, Daniel, after 67 years or so away from the land of Israel, from the city of Jerusalem, now repenting before God and addressing Him as the Lord, as Jehovah my God. In verses 5 and 6, Daniel confessed Israel's sins. And notice these five statements that we have in verses 5 and 6. We have sinned. The Hebrew word is chatanu, and have committed iniquity. The Hebrew word is avinu, and have done wickedly. The Hebrew word is hershanu, and have rebelled. The Hebrew word is maradnu, and then even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. The Hebrew word is for departing is sarnu, with chatanu. Avinu, Hershanu, Maradnu, Sarnu. We have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. We have rebelled. We have departed from your precept and from thy judgment. Verse 6, Neither have we hearkened unto thee and to thy servants, the prophets, which Spake in thy name to our kings and to our princes and to our fathers and to all the people of the land. And so Daniel in verses 5 and 6 is confessing, beloved brothers and sisters, the sins of the nation of Israel. The first one for the word sin is simply, we miss the mark, chatanu. The second word, we committed iniquity. The Hebrew word is avinu. It speaks of crookedness. And the third word is, we have done wickedly, is the word hirshanu. That means we have been evil in the manner whereby we have dealt with the God who loved us and have chosen us and have blessed our nation of Israel. Daniel is saying. We have rebelled against him. We have departed from him. We did not listen to the voices of the servants, the prophets. And beloved brothers and sisters, the prophets of Israel warn Israel again and again, turn, turn to God. Shuvu, shuvu, return, return, O Israel. That was the call of the servants of God to the nation of Israel. And their disobedience brought judgment. Disobedient brought judgment of God. You remember what we read in Isaiah chapter 1. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know, and my people does not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken Jehovah. They have provoked 
the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. See, beloved friends, beloved brothers and sisters, this is exactly what God desire from his people to submit to his authority and to turn to him and obey his word but israel have done so in their generation and you and i might ask ourselves these days in this church age where do you and i fit into all this picture are we obeying the word of the lord are we submissive to his counsel to his word Oftentimes, because of our self-will, we turn away from the Lord, and the Lord bring judgment upon His church, the assembly, the ecclesia. Sadly, we read in Revelation chapter 3 concerning the church of the Laodiceans. Very, very sad unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things say is the Amen, the faithful, And the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Would thou were cold or hot? So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increase with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. This is what the Lord Jesus the Messiah, the glorified Messiah, has to say specifically about the professing church in the last days of the church age. Sadly, that's what we read here, beloved brothers and sisters. And so, as we continue here in verses 7 and 8, then Daniel now admit before God that uh, to Israel belong the shame, the shame of faith. And so what does Daniel do here in these next verses, beloved brothers and sisters? Look, listen to what we read in verses 7 and 8 of our ninth chapter. O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee but unto us confusion of faces. As at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belong the confusion of faith. To our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Daniel in verses 7 and 8 admit before God that to Israel belong the shame. To Israel belong the shame. That expression in verse 8, the confusion of faith, it simply means boshet hapanim. You read it twice here in verses 7 and 8. In verse 7, O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces. Boshet hapanim. Then in verse 8, O Lord, to us belong confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers. And why? 
It is because we have sinned before thee. And beloved brothers and sisters, God is always righteous. That's why Daniel said in verse 7, Lord, you are righteous. Righteousness belong unto thee. But to us belong the shame of faith, the confusion of faces. And so once Daniel continue on and confessing Israel's, the whole nation's sins, identifying with his own brethren, with his own people, he now in verses 9 and 10, he confessed the need for mercy. Oh, what will we do without the mercy and the grace of God? To remember, beloved brothers and sisters, that God is so gracious. God is a God of grace. God is a God of forgiveness. You remember what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, By grace are ye saved. By grace are ye saved through faith. And it is a gift of God. God gifted us in providing for us grace. And even working in our hearts to bring about the fact that we will believe on the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Of Him, we read that He is the one that came from heaven to provide this grace that we all needed because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we need grace upon grace every day of our life, even after we became believers in the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Oh, beloved brothers and sisters, the grace of God. You remember what we read in John 1 verse 17, for the law was given by Moses. In other words, God graciously in love gave the Torah using his servant Moshe to give to his people Israel the law, the Torah that will guide them and lead them and ultimately direct them to the Messiah. And then now he continued and he said, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. In other words, the law was given to point to the Messiah and the Messiah came to provide this final grace to mankind by paying for the sin of this world. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel is confessing for mercy and for grace and forgiveness from God in verses 9 and 10. And so we read in verse 9 and 10 of Daniel chapter 9, To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. And so Daniel looked back and he confessed before God that to him he is the merciful God, he is the forgiving God. But to us, namely to Israel, Really, we, because we did not obey the voice of the Lord, we did not walk in His law, we did not listen to the servants and the prophets that He sent to the nation of Israel. That is, again, what Daniel is confessing before the Lord and asking that He will provide rachamim in Hebrew, mercies and forgiveness, slichot, for the nation of Israel. How wonderful it is for us today to realize that we receive the grace that God provided for us in 
drawing us to himself, opening our eyes, and especially providing for us the Redeemer, our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 4 and 5, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with the Messiah, by grace are ye saved. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel continues on. He set his face towards his Lord, his God. He expresses the need, he addressed the Jehovah, and he expressing that he is the great and mighty one, the dreadful one. He confessed the, the sins of the nation of Israel. He admit before the Lord that Israel belonged the shamefulness of faith. He is confessing the need for mercy and forgiveness. And then in verses 11 to 14, he confessed the we that Israel deserved judgment, the judgment of God that came upon the people of Israel. Let me read you verse 11 to verse 14. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges, that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven has not been done as has been done upon Jerusalem. He continued in verse 13 and 14, As it is written in the law of Moses, All this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore, verse 14, Hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, For the Lord, this is Jehovah our God, is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. So, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 11 to 14, Daniel confessed that Israel deserved the judgment that God laid upon the people of Israel. God brought the Babylonians. And God have allowed them to carry the Jewish people captive to Babylon. God have allowed the Babylonians to destroy the temple in Jerusalem and the walls of Jerusalem and to carry the Jewish people to the land of Babylon. And if you remember there in the land of Babylon, Israel who deserved to be punished by God because of our own sins. Remember what we read in Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remember Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, notice that, Babylonians mocked the Jewish people. They mocked them, and they said, They that carried us away captive required of us a song. 
and they that wasted us require of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. In mockery, they mock the Jewish people in Babylon because of the fact that God have allowed them to have this shame of faith. Because disobedient to the Lord brought the judgment of God that led the Jewish people to the land of Babylon, but yet God loved them. He didn't want them to be punished, but they made it necessary for a holy and a righteous God to discipline His people. And therefore Daniel is now in this chapter 9 is praying and confessing and repenting before God on behalf of his own people. And so in verses 11 to 14, Daniel is mentioning the fact that Israel violated God's law, that God brought upon the people of Israel this great evil, that word in the Hebrew word is ra'ah, and that simply means is calamity. God does not sin. And so God does not make Israel to sin, but God brought upon Israel a calamity. In Hebrew, a ra'ah, an evil judgment that God laid upon His people. Though He loved them, though He cared for them, though He wished that they would not be there yet, He must judge sin. And remember this, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul again, to apply this to us today, Paul in Romans chapter 6 reminded the Roman believers that God will have to judge sin. And he reminded them in Romans chapter 6, he said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Romans 6 verse 1 and 2. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, the believer in this present day is responsible to submit to the Lord just as Israel in the days of old had the responsibility to, to submit to the Lord their God. And if they don't, God will discipline His own people, whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth, and He scourges every son whom He receives. And so Daniel is confessing before the Lord. God brought upon his people of Israel this great calamity. Daniel confessed that yet Israel did not repent. Even after the judgment came, Israel was not yet repenting. They should have. And Daniel is here doing it on behalf of the nation. And we are confident that there were many godly young men and women, boys and girls, and godly men of Judah of Israel who were scattered throughout Babylon and there were a godly group of people, a remnant that were in spite of the rest of the nation that were under the discipline of God. They always prayed on behalf of their own brethren. Wonderful to see that in the example in the life of Daniel. And you notice what we read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 14. Therefore has the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. The word for watched in the Hebrew is the word vayishkod. Lishkod means that God have been diligent in bringing about the discipline against His own people of Israel. He was diligent 
He was watching and seeing to it that it will come to pass. This is fascinating because God, when He promised to discipline His people, He will bring it to pass and He will make sure to see diligently that it will come to fruition. Because He wants His people to come to their wit's end and to turn to Him in prayer to say, God, I confess that I have gone astray. Remind us of the Luke 15 passage. When the son, the younger son, have turned away from his father and gone away, and the father have allowed him to experience what it is to be away from the presence of his father. And if you remember how wonderful it says in the scripture concerning the return of that son, how wonderful that the son, it says, and we read about him when he came to himself, verse 17 of Luke chapter 15. He says, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go unto my father, and I will say unto him, O father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And how the Abba, how his Abba, his father, received him with love and affection. When he was yet a great way of his father, saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And you remember when the son was saying to him, I have sinned against heaven and, be- and in thy sight, and I am no worthy, not wor- no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and a shoe on his feet. And they began to be merry. What a celebration! How God delights when his people are restored to him, beloved brothers and sisters. And God delighted to have to hear the prayer of Daniel on behalf of the nation of Israel. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen to this. In the next verses, verses 15 to 19, Daniel is now beseeching God to hear his prayer and to forgive the people of Israel. And so, listen, beloved brothers and sisters, what Daniel is saying here in verses 15 to 19, We read, And now, O Lord our God, that it, it brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and has gotten thee renowned as it this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. Daniel go back to remind God about the days in which God had taken our own forefathers out of the land of Egypt. He takes him back to the days when our people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt. They were in bondage. They were slaves. And on the basis of the history and the faithfulness of God to redeem his people, Daniel is confessing. In verse 16, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury turn away from, notice, thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, this is Mount Moriah, 
because for our sins and for our iniquities of our fathers Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. No wonder the shame and the reproach that the people around were saying unto the Jewish people, sing us one of the songs of Zion, you, the Jewish people, who claim that your God is the only God and that the temple in Jerusalem is yours and the city of Jerusalem, you show us, sing unto us one of Zion's songs. And you remember what they said? How shall we sing Jehovah's song in a strange land? They couldn't sing because they were, as we read here in verse 16, that thy people and your city, Jerusalem, become a reproach unto all that are about us. When God's people are in disobedience to the Lord, they become a reproach, a shame. A shame when they are disobeying the Lord and and turning away from Him, and He has to discipline them. In verse 17, 18, and 19, we read now, Therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant, any supplication, and cause, listen, cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. You remember, God's face is always towards the city of Jerusalem. It's always towards the temple, the house. And now the sanctuary, the Mikdash, the sanctuary is desolate. And Daniel asked God to look to have his face shining upon that destroyed sanctuary, destroyed temple. Again in verse 18, O my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolation and the city which is called by thy name. God set his name in the city of Yerushalayim and he set his name in the sanctuary. But sadly, his own people, our own nation of Israel, violated God's word, and now they were under the discipline of God. And nearly 70 years is passing by, and Daniel is asking for God's forgiveness and God's face to shine upon the sanctuary, and that God will have mercy upon the, the city of Jerusalem and the people of Israel. And so you notice he says to do so, therefore, to do this for not for our righteousness, verse 18, but for your great mercy. O Lord, O my God, incline your ear, verse 18, hear, open thine eyes, behold our desolation and the city which is called by thy name, for we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. Amazing, beloved brothers and sisters. And look at the conclusion of the prayer of Daniel. Beloved brothers and sisters, listen to what Daniel is saying in verse 19. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do defer not. For thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people 
are called by thy name. Beloved brothers and sisters, the city of Jerusalem and the people of Israel are called by God's name. And God have called these people of Israel to be for his glory. And that's why, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel understood that. And that's why he was crying to God that God will show mercy and will restore the people of Israel to himself. And amazing to see how the heart of Daniel was so tuned with the will of God. And he prayed earnestly on behalf of the people of Israel. Wonderful to see, beloved brothers and sisters, how God is hearing the prayer of Daniel and he will respond to Daniel's prayer. And so you notice this just to point one more time in these last final verses, 15 to 19. Notice every verse in this chapter 9, verses 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Notice verse 15, O Lord our God. Verse 16, O Lord. Verse 17, O our God. Verse 18, O my God. Verse 19, O Lord hear. O Lord forgive. O Lord hearken and do. And Daniel sought the forgiveness of God for his people Israel and the restoration of the Jewish people back to the land. Why? Because in 539 B.C., this date when Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes, became the king over the province of Babylon, which was under the empire of the Medo-Persian, Daniel saw that the time is just arriving for the 70 years to be over. From 605 BC to now, soon, there will be the restoration of Israel. And in 536 BC, indeed, Cyrus have allowed the Jewish people to go back to the land of Israel to rebuild the temple in the city of Jerusalem. And so just a few more years and God will restore his people, the people of Israel, back to the land. But now as we will continue in our next meeting, beloved brothers and sisters, for verse 20 on to the end of the chapter, God will instruct Daniel that even though he will restore the Jewish people back to the land and will rebuild the temple again and the walls of Jerusalem, but that will not be at the end because once again the Jewish people will be disciplined by God. And it is only in the latter days that God will finally restore Israel into a full restoration when Israel will accept the Messiah and it will be at his second coming, not at his first coming. This we will learn as we will study the remaining part of Daniel chapter 9. 
And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what a lesson. May the Lord help us to learn from a man by the name of Daniel to pray on behalf of God's people, to wish them always well, to identify with their failure, and not to have a haughty attitude as if we are better than our brethren. May the Lord help us in all this, and may the Lord lead us to be drawn closer to Him because of the fact that He is a merciful and forgiving God who loved us and gave us His beloved Son, the Mashiach of Israel and the Savior of this world, who loved us and was willing to lay down His life for our sins. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, God bless you. Until the next time we say, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.